Welcome to Potter Familias, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. And I'm Stefan Sylvester. How old were you when you got your first smartphone? Uh, uh, 17 or 18. That's right, I sent it to you. Yeah, it was an iPhone, an iPhone 3, or 3G. And it was supposed to be a total surprise... But your brother, who got one for his birthday, they had a deal where you could go in, and I, I, I bought like four, four or five of them at the same time, which sounds excessive and expensive, but it wasn't at that time. At that, mm-hmm. time, at that time, there and was somebody, uh, somebody had the first iPhone at a party once, and I remember looking at it and going, like, man, yeah, it was wh- trippy. What is that thing? But it, it feels like it's been. With us always, yeah, and the, the oh, it's it, it's ubiquitous now. Because I remember ha- having a BlackBerry and having the QWERTY keyboard for texting. The clicks, iPhones, and people are going to have to correct me on this, but iPhones have some ridiculous percentage of the market share of smartphones. It's like thirty-four percent, yeah, or something like that. It's worldwide. It's wild there, and in the U.S., I think it's even higher. But. um yeah, it's completely changed the the entire world, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. And I mean, there's no going back because you yeah. get. I had, I watched a video of a guy the other day who smashed his smartphone because he's like, I just can't take it anymore. They're so addictive, and mm-hmm. I, I agreed with him. I agreed that they are addictive. We've lamented. We've gone to places where we're sitting around and at a restaurant, and we're looking around. We're trying to find someone not looking at a smartphone. Yep, it's tough. I was at an airport, I had a layover, and I'm walking because I knew I was going to be sitting on an airplane for a couple hours, and I'm walking and I'm looking around, and maybe a handful, maybe five people that were reading something on paper, a book or a newspaper, Mm -hmm. everybody else looking at a screen. Yeah, when was the last time you've been to an airport now? Oh, with me, well, this was right when it was about to- Like March. Close up. Yeah, it was March. Yeah. So- Yeah, how's that? pretty, Pretty wild stuff. Pretty wild stuff. All right, we got some help out there for guys with their wives. Yes. This is Potter Familius at its best. This is gold. And by the way, gold level. You can take this or leave it. We're not we're not telling you you have to take our advice. But, but it's gold level advice. So if you leave it, you're leaving the gold. Just saying. It's gold. Yeah. Punch it up. Gold. Gold level. It's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's always a, a benefit and it's always admirable. And I'm humbled by it when people come up to me and they go, Todd, I just love, like one guy said to me, and it sounded weird the way he first put it because it came across strange, but he goes, You and Angel, you're like the greatest lovers. Oh. And I was like, uh, interesting. A, I, I don't necessarily agree with you, but B, how would you know that? <laughs> but he, what he meant was that we, it was evident that we love each other and we yeah. show that love towards one another. And they'll ask for things like, oh, what works for you? You know, we've mentioned several times, even the last podcast, you know, what's your secret? You know, people are always asking that kind of stuff. But they'll say, well, what are some of the more important things? Like, I, I read a cool blog one time where this guy was talking about, he asked him, I guess he was celebrating 50 years of marriage, 
And a young journalist said, well, again, what's your, what's your secret? And he, he immediately came up with one. I mean, no hesitation at all. He said, the long kiss. And he goes, excuse me? And he goes, the long kiss. My wife and I, each morning after we're ready for the day, before I go off to work, we give each other a long kiss. And, and he goes, we started doing that, I don't know, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And there's just something about that where it connects us. I think psychologically that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. But one guy came to me one time and he's like, I just am always arguing with my wife and I can't understand. You know, I'll say something and she just explodes on me and I just don't understand why she's so upset. Which a lot of guys, when you say that, (laughs) you almost want to go, well, that maybe it's you. Maybe, right. Like, have you thought of that maybe? Possibly I mean, the one thing in this know. scenario that is always a constant would Could be you. Maybe be. And by, by the way, like there are instances where it's one sided going the other way. Yes. But yes, absolutely. But as men, because you and I know each other and we know how men are, just generally speaking, we we normally tend to be the ones who are being a little stubborn. True, true. And it's a good thing that you did mention that because mom and I, when we went to a marriage counselor who is a woman counselor, a couple times I felt <laughs> really good about this where she would kind of turned and go, well, Angel, you know, maybe we have to look at this again. <laughs> right. And I was like, I'm it's so like, glad she's a woman saying that to my wife. Because like this is a little <laughs> validating. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. No, I know the feeling. I know it. Yeah. But there is one phrase that I am going to say right now. This is this is the gold level, Potterfamilias. Never say this to your wife, and you will be in a much better place. Never say this to your wife. Because many times an argument will ensue. And we're different people, and we have different ways of viewing at the world and different value systems. And you're trying to mash a, a man and a woman together, and it, it's those two personas. Oftentimes, it, it creates, you know how chemistry, sometimes you put the two things and like foam yeah. comes out of the beaker. <laughs> yep. Just like, whoa! That's like men and women together oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And, but the argument will ensue. And you're going at it and you're talking about, well, I don't, I don't want to do this. Da, 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 da. And that's the, that's the phrase. Because I don't want to. Yeah. Because I don't want to. And let me explain why you should never say that to either spouse. You know, wives shouldn't be saying that to their husbands either. It, it's understandable that that's how you feel. But that has very little to do with the commitments that we make in marriage. Marriage means that we are spending ourselves. We are pouring ourselves out. In the Greek, it's kenosis. It's an outpouring of oneself to the other for the benefit of the other. We are going into a married situation wanting a whole lot out of it. I was looking forward to all of the benefits of being married to mom. I was very much excited about being with her and all of the experiences that would come from that and all of the wonderful times and the meals and the family and everything that was going to come out of that. But what we have to remember is at the altar or at that place where you're making that commitment for life is you're saying, I'm giving myself to you for better, for worse, sickness, health, richer, poorer, all that kind of stuff, no matter what. And it doesn't have to 
it doesn't mean that all of this is dependent on how I feel. Right. Like what I want. Again, that doesn't mean that you can't share your desires and, and what you want, but it, that can't be the deal breaker. Like if you're going out to eat, where do you want to go to eat? Well, I want Mexican. Well, I wanted pizza. Well, but we just had pizza last week and I'd really like Mexican. Well, then forget it. I'm not going. It's like, okay, you're now acting like a three-year-old. Right. And that's not how it works. You can't say that how what breaks this deal is because that's not what I want. Because most of the time, you're, I would say you're not going to get what you want. Yeah, that's... Uh... So I agree, but I would actually phrase it differently. Sure, sure, or sure. so I, I agree that you should never say because I don't want to that that's not helpful or healthy when you're when you're trying to work some of this stuff out. But the the way that I've explained it to people who have come to me and said like, "Hey, you know, you and Afton seem like y'all are they they I've never gotten a you guys seem like you're the best lovers <laughs> comment from someone <laughs> that's only been one guy, which would have been strange. Yeah, one guy, but. What people do tell us is they say, y'all seem to be very comfortable around each other. Mm, and I love that. On, on top of that, y'all don't seem to ever disagree or fight. And I kind of laugh. Now that's funny. Yeah, I know. I, I laugh when How much time do they that. spend with you? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like in public, yeah, we tend not to, to speak with each other curtly, or at least we try not to. Um, but the way that I've, that I've put it, the way that I understand it is this, that the primary thing that I was asked to give up as a husband, when I was agreeing to marry my wife, was the need to be right. Mm. And so that's that's the way that I've thought about it. It's the way that I've explained it when people ask, you know, I know I, I hate that question too. What's your secret? Right. Because right. there isn't one. It's like you just have to figure it out as you go. But a good principle is you have to be willing to sacrifice being right for the sake of making the relationship work. Okay, use, so, some, use some details. Yeah, so for example, I very frequently we'll get into sort of soft, gentle disagreements with my wife. That happens almost every day. Mm -hmm. More, less, or I should say less often, uh, we will get into like sort of really tense arguments where we're really trying to work something out and we really don't agree. And in those situations, most of the time, the proper thing for me to do is to defer. And I have to defer even if I'm pretty sure that I'm right and I'm pretty sure that I could argue with my wife until she would just give up and defer. So then why would you defer? Because there are guys that are listening right now that are like, I, because come on, I, man, man up. Because if I got into marriage just to be right all the time, then my marriage isn't going to last. Mm. Right? Agreed. And I, I didn't really get that when I first got married, but I've since been able to understand that in being married for six years now. It's like, I... um. I'm happy to sacrifice being right. I'm happy to do that. Um, what I'm not happy to do is to release all of my will to the will of my wife, because that wouldn't be right. right. But I, I understand that most of the time, what I need to do in order to make our relationship function is find ways where I am willing to, even though I'm pretty sure I'm right, even though I could make great arguments for why I'm right, I let it go. Okay. Now, I don't do it all the time, and there are times when I probably should do it and I can't, but as I've gotten older, as we've been married longer, I've realized that the more that I can do that, the more that I can allow my wife to be the one who wins, so to speak, 
the better. Yeah. Now, there are times, and I want to be clear about this, there are times when if it's really important and if I'm really being honest with myself and I know that I am right, then I will stand my freaking ground. Yeah. And I won't back down. And sometimes you have to do that. But you need to pick those battles very, very carefully. Because if you don't, then what you'll end up doing is getting high on being right with this person who you're really close to because it feels really good. And if you do that, what you're doing is changing the the dynamic of your relationship with your spouse. And you're making it about winning Mm. instead of about sacrifice right right? and that's so that's such a messed up way to look at it and yet a lot of couples that we know look at their fights in their relationship they look at their arguments exactly like that it's like it's a game and one of us is going to win and it's really important that i win yeah but see we're even a different category than what i'm talking about though entirely because if you're saying that it's something where there is truly a right or wrong that's not even a category where i'm discussing right now yeah, because those those are the times where it you got to kind of go to the mattresses over this stuff. Right, it's like okay, I, I'm sorry, baby. I know that you're feeling this way, but this is the right thing to do. I'm talking about those instances where it really does come down to just feelings. Let me yeah, give like you an personal example. Personal choice. Well, right. Like yeah. I absolutely love the mountains. Love the mountains. I loved hiking. I loved camping. I love whitewater rafting. That is, if you ask me, what's the one thing you want to do right before you die? It's whitewater rafting. Like that's, that's absolutely, <laughs> awesome. I mean, that's just where I'm at. I, yeah. I, I get exhilarated. I get out there, I get in the raft and I'm just, I'm like, I'm jumping out of the raft. Like, this is great. I'm in the rapids. I can't breathe. I love this. That's, that's, I, I own it. But right. mom loves the beach, loves the beach. She hates the mountains. And I don't know if that's a strong enough term. Like, she just goes up there, and she might say that's pretty. Like, when we went to Colorado in the 14s, that's pretty. But she's like, okay, now what? Like, I don't want to go hiking through it. And I looked at it through a window, and I could have done this on television. And So you're just talking about personal preferences when it comes to... Most of the time. Most of the time when we're pushing our preferences, and... You know how it's going to get inter- intertwined. Yeah. It's going to get woven in there where there's going to be times where it's like, well, but this is really the best thing to do. But I'm using this as an example because when it comes to going on vacation, we're always going to go to the beach. Yeah, I can deal with the beach. If you notice when we go, who's the one that kind of stays back most of the time and you. cleans you. in the kitchen and you. does the laundry and everything? Because Yeah, because the beach is nice for me to walk with mom and hold her hand. But beyond that... But you hate the beach. I don't hate it. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I don't. I dislike it. I'm okay on a lounge chair with an umbrella and a good book, and I like to hear the sound of the waves. Would you ever go there by yourself? Uh, No. You hate it. I don't hate it. Yes, you do. You're just not admitting it. No, no. I really don't hate it. You just said you would never go there by yourself. Probably not, because I've got other things to do. Would mom ever go to the mountains by herself? Well... No, but see, that's not, you can't really even state it that way because she would laugh about going to the mountains by herself. I'm not laughing about going to the beach by myself. That's fair. So, okay, maybe different levels of hatred. Yes, or different <laughs> level of dislike. And really, those are important. This yes, is a really yeah, important yeah. part that of what I'm talking about because sure. I don't say to mom, I'm not going to the beach with you because I don't want to. Well, she knows I don't want to, but mm-hmm. I also know that she has a stronger not want to go Whitewater rafting. Yeah. Even though I've even told her, I said, I am getting you on the water as soon as Andrew is 12. 
when Andrew is, is 12, in three years, we're taking a trip. And everyone that wants to, that's gonna over 12, can go rafting. Yes. Sylvester rafting trip. I love it. And she, and you know what? She'll be, she'll be okay with that trip, even though, quote unquote, she doesn't want to, because she'll know that that's the balancing act. Like, that's going to be enough of me going, all right, once we do it this one time, then you'll never have to go again. Yeah. And I think, so what you're talking about is the give and take in a relationship that makes it work in terms of the things that make both of y'all who you are, right? Yes. So like personality-wise. Yeah. And that's that's the clash that you're talking about here. But it's more, we, let's talk more about the give. Right. Okay, so here, here's an example that I was just thinking about. So you know that I am a very, like I'm, I'm quality time. That's my love language. That's what I appreciate from people. And I take it really personally. And I try not to. It's not like if you've done this to me, then you should be like, oh no, but I... <laughs> I'm going to write Stephen a letter of apology. <laughs> no, please don't do that. Um, but I, I tend to take it personally if I'm trying to talk to somebody about something that I care about and they're either ignoring me or I know that they're not really listening. Gotcha. So one of the things that I had to learn very quickly in my marriage is that Afton cares like not at all about 90% of the things that I really like. And I'm saying that, and I'm, I'm, I'm half joking, right? No, you're not, because I, I've been there, and I've watched her look over at me and kind of roll her eyes like, I'm listening to him talk to me about this musician. Right, right, right. He's so, been dead for 40 so years. We, we have, so we have... Stop it! We have an agreement. <laughs> we have an agreement. And and I had to I had to sit her down and be like, baby, look, I, I take... I, I'm trying not to, but I take it personally if... There's nothing pressing happening. It's not like we need to go and like wipe our child's butt because they're in the bathroom or we're like right in the middle of doing something that requires your full attention. If there's none of that happening and I turn to you and I want to try and talk to something, talk to you about something that I'm interested in, like a dead musician or sound equipment or politics or whatever, or like some in her defense, sometimes you get into a lot of detail about, let's say, sound equipment because I'm meticulous about it. I want people to understand what I'm talking about. And okay. fair enough. I, I, I am aware. It's not like I'm autistic and I don't know like that people <laughs> see now we're definitely getting canceled. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Yes. I understand social cues. It's not like I force people to listen to me when the, when I know that they don't right. want to. But there are some things where it's like, I really enjoy talking. And then I can tell within about 10 seconds whether or not I should really dive in and invest in this conversation. I can tell. Okay. And I'm totally cool with just well, not, what's the deal you have not investing wife? in it. So because she's my wife and because she's the primary person that I get to talk to because I love her and I enjoy her company, mm -hmm. we have an agreement. And the agreement is... I get three minutes. Okay, that's fair. I get Does three she set minutes. A timer? No, but I get three minutes on any topic, and I've just sort of been able to whittle down everything that I wanted to say into three minutes. And then at some point, I just have to give up because I have more that I want to say. Right. I want to talk about it more, but she will willingly listen for three minutes about any topic if there's nothing else going on, and that's all I get. Well, but see, that's exactly what I'm saying. But we worked it out. It's and that's, beautiful. Yeah. So Th that I, is wonderful because imagine if she said to you, no, don't talk to me about this because I don't, I don't want you to. Right. That would be heartbreaking for me. Yeah. I'm not because, interested. Because I'm a nerd. I'm really into a lot of things that not a lot of other people are into. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And especially my wife. She's like really not into a lot of the things that I'm really into. And so this is the way that we worked it out. Yeah. And I love her and appreciate her more because she made a concession for me because she knows that it's important to me. 
And there's lots of ways that we've done that for each other so far, and I'm sure we'll continue to do that. Um, but that's something that we had to work out and talk about. Yeah. It's, it didn't just happen, right? right? Cause well, I, it's cause not remember, natural. Because I had to natural. sit her down and say, hey, this is becoming an issue for me, mm-hmm. and it's really bothering me. It's really frustrating. Can we talk about this? Yeah. And instead of her saying, well, you're wrong, and I don't want to talk about it, which she could have said, because that's probably how she was feeling. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, sure, let's figure out a way that we can make this work so that you don't feel slighted by me all the time when you want to talk to me, right. and so that I don't feel like I'm giving you all this time to talk about something that I'm really not interested in. It's like we, we made a compromise. And in relationships, when people start talking about the give and take, it's very important, I think, to not be a, an, an articulate scorekeeper. Yeah. To say, all right, if I'm going to give you these three minutes, then you're going to have to do three minutes of this. And then you're, you know, adding, oh, well, that was two and a half minutes. You went over by 15 seconds. And everybody is into the, right. the, the finite details. That's not what it's about. Yeah. I would say marriage is more, instead of give and take, it's the give and give. Right. Like you really have to focus on the fact my wife, your mom is so patient with me. She's so patient with me because she knows sometimes I'm just like you. I geek out on something mm-hmm. and I'm just going off on it. Is that where I got that from? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, come on, dad. Sorry. Sorry. I, I just think about it. Like, why do may, people make fun of me about buses? Okay. Fair. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I go off. I on see it. it. I see it. But I, I think that it's great that, um, that we're bringing this up because I think a lot of couples understand this principle but don't necessarily know how to articulate it, yeah. especially if they hadn't been married for long. Right, to define it, yeah. So what you have to be willing to do is to take an honest look at yourself and say, all right, what are my needs? Not my wants, but what do I actually need in order for this to work? Yeah, good. And then you have to be able to express that and not be afraid to express it. Because for a while there, one of the primary sources of tension for my wife and I was that we both had trouble authentically expressing our needs. Mm. We were trying so hard to serve the other person that we forgot about making sure that we were taken care of. So Mm. we were both like going way over the line of what we could ask the other person to do. And it was just creating tons of tension. So once we were honest about it, then we could really figure out compromises that would work in all those areas of our life. Nice. So once we did that, it was great. But you have to be able to look at yourself honestly in order to do that in the first place. So introspection is really important here. You have to know yourself. And if you don't know yourself, you have no business getting married, or at least you should be aware that you're going to have some real work to do when you get married. Agreed. And when you do, it's okay to acknowledge within yourself that you don't want to do certain things. I would even say you have to go so far as to ask yourself, why do I not want to do this? And what level of not wanting? What level of like, is this really going to kill me to go to the beach? Yeah. No, I did, by the way, because some of you right now are going, well, geez, Todd, it just seems like your wife, she should go to the mountains with you because you love going to the mountains. Well, she did. She did go to the mountains. And you know what happened? The poor woman couldn't sleep because even though we were in a cabin, she every time she heard something, she thought it was a bear. She thought that she was going to get eaten. There were bugs all over the place because... You know, there's this bugs because you're in the mountains. Yeah, she hated it. And I slept like a baby and I woke up in the morning and my poor wife had these rings under her eyes and she looked like she'd got hit by a truck. Like it was just horrible. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I do not want to do that to her. Yeah. 
So it's that level of not wanting to. And then you acknowledge it, but it's like, okay, but how much of this can I then just die to myself? And then people might ask like, all right, well, what's your, what's your breaking point? And that's again, part of introspection. It's part of understanding yourself because you have to authentically express to your spouse what you need in order to function. Right. And if you don't understand the difference between a need and a want, then of course there's going to be confusion about that. So you really do have to have this good self-understanding as a foundation to even begin to have these conversations. But once you do, then you can get to a point where your relationship works like a well-oiled machine. Nice. Because everybody, like, you're both giving the appropriate amount and willing to give more if necessary on days when maybe something is different. And it works. Yeah. And if you can get it, if you can get to that point, then all this other stuff becomes details, right? Know? And it's not that important, right? And you can work this stuff out. And as you get to know one another even more and more, my kids laugh all the time because they'll contact me and go, "Hey, we want to do this for mom. What do you think?" And sometimes I'll say, "Great idea. She'll absolutely love that." Or, "Do not do that. She will put a she smile on her it. face, but she will hate it. Yep, she will hate it the whole time." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Well, geez, Dad, we just thought that this would be a great idea." No. Won't be a great idea. Yeah. Instead, she would like this. Really? That sounds boring. Watch. And then they get it for her, and then you're like, oh, my gosh. Mom starts crying, and know. she's not the crier, but yeah. you just get to know them. Yeah. And, and you know, all right, they're going to love this, and they're not necessarily going to like this. And then you venture out there, and a big part of that is communication. But do not say to your spouse, no, you, know, you can say, no, I'm not going to do this, but, but don't just say, because I don't want to. That's not a good reason. <laughs> That's the worst reason. Not good enough. Yep. Not good enough. Please, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. That'd be awesome. Like. Share if you feel like share. it. Share. Down in the description is the link if you'd like to become a patron. Patrons are what keep us going. It costs $5 a month. You get exclusive content, including original music from me. And you also get to be our, our friend. Part of the patron family. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Part we, of Familius. We appreciate y'all.